Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, ESPN Radio begins right now. Damn right. I'm Jeff. I see Ira, I see Corey. They're on my screen in this hour. Brought to you by our friends at Register Sausage. Yay, sausage! <laughs> there you go. We're off to a good start. Hey, it's a big week, man. It's a big week. We had the national championship game last night. I know we can talk more about sausage in a second. And the national championship game last night, not much of a game. Uh, obviously, uh, Florida State baseball coming off a serious win. Uh, I'm excited about that. And then, obviously, the spring game. So there's a lot going on. And we got the Masters. I know we won't get into that on this podcast, per se. But it's a good time to be a sports fan. I haven't had I haven't had registers uh, in a while. I'm getting kind of getting uh, a little anxious about it. Like I don't know why. Iris got Stephanie extras. Hasn't... Iris got mine, so you can. I think do Stephanie's it. got plenty. I think Stephanie's got mine, and that she just uh, I haven't. She hasn't given me any sausage lately. It's weird. You know, when, when, Jeff, when you were becoming a broadcaster and you went to endorsement school, did they tell you to sometimes just say, you know what, I haven't had this product in a long time? No, they frown upon that. But I do like that sometimes you got to trust your instincts and your gut about the sincerity level that you're giving your audience. And I think for Corey to admit to this <clears throat> audience that already knows we love Register Sausage, that he hasn't had any in a long time, uh, might actually wet their whistle. I think it out, I, and I'm yeah, and I'm complaining. It's not like I'm saying, guys, it's been a pretty good month. I haven't had any sausage. That would be a crazy thing for for it to do because I love Register Sausage, and I'm starting to get a little upset the more I think about it that I haven't had it in a few weeks. <laughs> so, guys, don't be like me. Go eat your Register Sausage. If you, uh, yeah, and if you live in uh, North Florida, it's expanding. The footprint is expanding thanks to uh, the overwhelming support of. Uh, Registers fans and several headlines fans, 
and uh, over to Jacksonville, North Florida, uh, and uh, you can also get it in South Georgia, Alabama, or if you live outside of the area, you can order uh, online at registermeats.com and they'll ship it to you. Over the past week, last weekend, Ben Sausage Ben uh, came up with a big promo, like thirty was it thirty eight percent off? <laughs> it's like a, the sauce, Ben the Sausage Guy is what we yeah. prefer. Yeah. Uh, he had like a 38% off promo code, but you might go check him out on Twitter. Go check out register sausage on Twitter and see if they still are offering that. But, uh, it's a high quality product and Corey, I've got some at the house. It's had Jeff Cameron's name on it, but he hasn't picked it up yet. So you should uh, swing on by. Oh, well, well I, I'm going to swing by before he gets there. Um, but I, I, you know, I keep saying that I've just been busy, but it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hey, did you know, by the way, uh, I did not know this. I just looked this up, actually, because I wanted to double-check that that stat was correct. 18 years Scott Drew has been at Baylor? Yeah, man. It, it, I, I, I felt like it had been a long time. I didn't realize it had been that long. Like, they showed that press conference in 2003. Yeah, I mean, I knew he put him on probation, and I know there's nothing really to like about Baylor save for that team. I really like that team. Um, but you know, I didn't realize he'd been there 18 years. Good God. Well, he got yeah. it, got himself a good one. And I, I think you can make an argument considering we're not to switch to the other team that like Gonzaga, that Mark few might be the best basketball coach, college basketball coach in the country, considering what Gonzaga has always been our whole lives. Like the only reason any of us knew about Gonzaga was John Stockton. They didn't even make their first tournament appearance until the mid nineties. And now they're a perennial blue blood top five program. He's awesome, and he still hadn't won a national title. Like, it's just really hard to win one of those things. And somehow my man Roy Williams won three. <laughs> just yeah. saying. I don't, know how, I don't know how being at Kansas where he never won one and North Carolina, it's a miracle that he yeah, won. Man. Where did he, he has, get the players from? Uh, I don't Mark know. Few's got NBA guys all over the place, and he can't win uh, one. Mark Few is luring people out in the middle of nowhere, Corey. Stop it. <laughs> Don't talk about Spokane like that. I, I, was a little, place. I was a little conflicted during that national championship. Well, before the national championship game, because I really don't like either one of those programs. Nobody likes Baylor outside of Waco for a, a, a long list of reasons. Um, and I, I'm not a huge fan of Gonzaga just because I don't know, man. I, I'm not, I, I feel, yeah. And I feel like they get, you know, they, they're propped up a little bit by a ridiculous schedule you know, they don't play anybody, especially in a year like this where there was a limited non-conference. They really didn't play anybody. And so it's just, you know, it's just kind of hard to, I don't know, I, I don't really like them. But then once you started watching Baylor play and just the way, I mean, they're so physical and, and the game kind of played to their, I mean, the ref, referees kind of let them play physical, which was huge. Because um, if they, if they call, if they were ticky-tack the way the officials were in some of the games we've seen this season, you know, Baylor might not have been able to get that win, even though it was so lopsided. But I just like the way they play. They're physical. They have so many guards, so many guys that can do different things. They can get to the basket. They can shoot the little floaters. They shoot the three. It's uh, They're a fun team. And, and I, I also enjoy just watching Gonzaga. I, I watched – I enjoyed the storyline that CBS clearly went into of that game of coron the coronation for Gonzaga just getting crumbled up right in front of their faces – and having to struggle with that because Baylor clearly ruined CBS's plans, I think, last night. I don't know why they do that. I would say this, that Raftery is one of the best broadcasters in the business as a color analyst, and we all know Nance can be great. Why do they stick to it when you're 
30 years into a career, you've been a dominant, you've been a great broadcaster, man, just call the game. You can see what's going on here. They're not, they're not fast enough. Baylor's too quick. It was obvious 30 seconds into the game that Baylor was too fast. And I thought they should have gone to zone almost immediately, which is not what you want to do. Obviously, you're going to start the game with your strength. And then, uh, you know, when that's taken away, maybe you make adjustments. Well, it's taken away really quickly. I, if I were the announcers, I might have said one or two lines about emotionally they're having to get reinvested, maybe, maybe. But I'm not sticking to that after it's obvious that they're just physically not capable of beating Baylor. That game, you could have gone to bed five minutes into the game. You could have. Because anybody watching, and my son for the first time, maybe ever in his life, thought maybe dad's not as dumb as I think he is. I, I said to him, I go, well, they're going to have to come out of what they're doing. They're not fast enough. And this is a problem. I, I don't know that they're not going to suddenly get faster. I don't know what's going to happen other than Baylor has to start missing shots. And like two minutes later, the announcer said something similar. But I was laughing. I'm like, this is really, really easy. My dog's barking. You guys talk amongst each other. <laughs> I liked when, Corey, I liked when the uh, right before halftime, when they when Gonzaga made their little run before halftime, they get the last shot. And in, in, in halftime, like Clark Kellogg and everybody, they're like, well, I don't know. You know, they've kind of got some momentum. You know, Baylor's really going to regret not being up by more than 10 points. And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess maybe, except Baylor's not going to forget that they're more athletic at every position. Yeah, they're still going to score. That was always going to be an issue. I, I mean, I do. it does say something about Gonzaga. Like, Baylor played really well. Like, they hit all their shots. Gonzaga's still so talented that they're, they were they did make it a game. It was still nine points sometime in the second half because Gonzaga's got dudes. But going back to Baylor, you know, I was just I was looking at their roster just to make sure. Like, again, when you talk about bad luck, and I want to equate it to, to Florida State, Baylor and Florida State were probably the two best teams in the country last year, two of the top four. I know Dayton was going to be a one seed. Somebody else was going to be a one seed. Baylor was awesome last year, mm -hmm. and so was Florida State. Well, all the kids from Baylor came back even when they didn't even know for sure there was going to be a basketball season or what it was going to look like. And just imagine again, I know it's it's wishful thinking, but if Devin Vassell and Patrick Williams had come back like the Baylor kids came back, well, then it were, probably would have been Florida State playing Baylor last night. And I don't know if they'd have been good enough for that Baylor team, but that would have been an awesome team, awesome game. You'd have had Scotty Barnes, Raekwon Gray, Devin Vassell, Patrick Williams. Again, I think Leonard built, a, built up a great, great national championship caliber team and it, uh, you know, sadly didn't get a chance to uh, play for one. But, yeah, it's also like, why did those guys come back? Like, the Butler kid's awesome. The Mitchell kid's awesome. Were they just not as high, highly thought of as, as Devin and Patrick Williams or, you know, Raekwon Gray in this instance? It's just odd that Florida State will lose these guys and Baylor kept them. Well, I think anytime there's a magical run that leads to a national championship, you can look back at those kinds of decisions, including at the University of Florida. I mean, that second yeah. one is all because a group of guys who had no business, none. In fact, they should all go to hell to this day. They still uh, decided to come back inexplicably for no reason other than Billy Diamond clearly paying out his ass. There's no reason for them to have come back, but they did, and they won another one. So I don't know. We just made even that pay though. More. Like, what, what? I don't know. What would you have paid Al Horford to come back for his junior year after he just won a national championship? It can't be, even if Billy Donovan was giving him loads of cash, it wouldn't be $8 million, which is what he would have no, made as a I, rookie. I know. I'm, it's tongue-in-cheek. Was 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 yeah, that was just a really weird, that was a weird situation. I mean, give Donovan a lot of credit, but it was just definitely a weird situation. Um, the the one-shining moment was a little bit of a dud, and I think so, I saw somebody tweet this, and I agree. 
it really that was kind of the first not the first time but it really hammered home how how the 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 tournament and really college basketball lacked not having fans and bands because you not being able to show you know the crying piccolo girl or you know the different <laughs> those those iconic you know kind of moments from during the tournament because you didn't have the fans to flash to or the bands that part i thought one shining moment was a little, a little lacking compared to uh usual well the whole thing was lacking but it, it's cool that it happened and i and i again i think that the uh, gonzaga is a great team that baylor team i think is an all-time team that that team was really really good and what they did in the final four against two good teams uh was really remarkable that's a that's a loaded loaded team man they'll probably all I come said, back i said to ira before you came on Corey, that i'm really glad florida state didn't play baylor uh, that that might have been a 50-point ass-kicking. Um, I mean, the way their guards play and how quick they – they would have just taken the ball from our guards, first of all. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't have that. It would have been yeah, like on the playground. Really, That's mine. Well, but here's the thing, and I don't say it just to be smirch. Uh, it makes you realize it, you you got to get to a certain level, and Florida State's been close, and last year's team certainly would have put a, made it a game. Um, but I do think it, it leads you to believe and certainly hope that the five-star guard is that kind of quick with those kinds of handles, that the Houston kid, the transfer Mills kid, that he's that kind of quick with those kinds of – because Baylor, more than anything else, and they and Ira, you guys are right, they did everything well, and they really defend, but they straight up get their own shot whenever they want. They get their own shot. They make difficult shots. They create space to get their shot off, and they make shots. You need some kids that can do that. Once MJ got hurt, Florida State really didn't have anybody on its roster that could do that. Yeah, I thought the the you you watched them, and when Gonzaga went to the zone, and it was it was it was mildly successful. They were kind of acting on TV like it was this you know revolutionary thing that was just stopping Baylor. It really wasn't. It was just Baylor wasn't scoring every trip down the court anymore. Um, but but I thought you know the fact that they those guys individually from a matchup standpoint they. Can get to so many of those guys can get to the basket. They also can hit the pull up shots, and then also you know the step back threes. The the Butler kid, the one, the what I thought not a backbreaker, but really the three he hit from like I don't know twenty eight feet or whatever, <laughs> where he just yeah. walks up and just buries a three. It's like all right, this is gonna. And then Teague's a nice player, and that whole team is just a really nice team. Yeah, they all they all need to go ahead and move on to the next level. So Florida State, as you said, you know this team Florida State's got coming in. Uh, unfortunately, they're losing Raekwon Gray, which uh, is not ideal. And uh, you know, they're, but they'll be bringing in so many other nice pieces next season. And you've got a lot of guys coming back, like Balsha and all those other guys. So uh, it should be fun to see if where Florida State matches up. I do think last year, to Corey's point, the 2020 team and the 2022 teams actually might have the better chance to make a deep run than the 2021 team, which just went to the Sweet 16. Seminole Headlines continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Yeah, so we're left to reflect on the season that was at the end of the day. Another Sweet 16 run is good. There's still a lot of room to grow. Baylor makes that plainly obvious as you watch that game play out last night. But I'm excited where the program's going. I'm excited about a lot of things right now. I mean, I, I think that uh, the baseball team is really good. We should make note because we usually we kind of gloss all over it. By the way, I, I mentioned this last week on uh, the, the the still somewhat popular, Corey, Jeff Cameron Show, 3 to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday. Still um, hanging on. 
still hanging. The on ratings are dipping though. It's just somewhat popular the, now. It's just, no just somewhat, just hanging in there. Okay. Um, All right. Good. I mentioned that I I do miss the days in which Florida State baseball, and part of this is a testament to Florida State basketball. I don't want to besmirch that, but Florida State baseball used to hold, I think, or be held in higher regard in this community than it currently is, and partly college baseball in general was held in higher regard because you could actually access it. Now nobody can see any games ever. <laughs> you just yeah. can't see a college baseball game. They don't exist. Apparently they're so playing. I nobody tried, knows about them. Yeah. So I have up in Atlanta, I have the ACC network. What that does, though, is when Florida State's playing on ACC network extra, extra. it won't let me go on the computer and watch it because it says it's not available where I live. Because I have, I actually, or no, it's because I still have my Xfinity. Anyway, how, if you if you have an Xfinity for cable, you can't even watch ACC Network Extra on your computer. They won't allow now, it. Now, Gene, yeah, Gene, I spent literally, I've, I've gone through the same thing. Gene and I were on the phone. Gene was trying to explain to me how to do it on the, on the computer. Uh, and can you explain took, that to me, Ira? Can you, can you please so, explain that to me? <laughs> this is quality I'm, radio. My wife, my wife thinks that I have fallen into another drunken stupor that I gave up years ago because I'm out of the house watching Florida State baseball at a bar every time they're on because I can't watch it on my computer. It's it's uh, I don't know, man. It, it, he had me like going through different steps, searching for ACC Network on their web. On the it's just, they, let's put it this way: they have not made it convenient to watch no. to watch Florida State baseball, and and it. And, you know, it's it's it stinks. I mean, it really does. It's it's uh, the the fact that you got a network. You know, this whole thing. I mean, they they went and got. They now have a network, and it seems like it's harder than ever to watch some of these sports, especially if you live in Tallahassee. Now, maybe the Comcast deal will get reached at some point. We'll all be able to watch it on television. Wouldn't that be, be nice? <laughs> But it hasn't I mean, happened as of yet. Listen, when I was 28, 27, 26, breaking into the business, man, it meant nothing to be at the ballpark on a daily basis, spending six hours of my time watching Florida State baseball at Dick Hauser, Mike Martin Field. It was awesome. I'm married with two kids. I got shit to do, man. I can't be out at the ballpark every day of the week just so I can see Florida State baseball. Get a grip, ACC. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a fan base that actually wants to watch it, and they can. Yes. So good, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, they're good though, and well, I yeah. I don't really care what the record's going to be. It could be middling. I don't care. The the, the pitching's good, and if they're going to hit, they lead the ACC in home runs now. Uh, if Elijah Bell, if all it takes is to take a couple games off and cut your hair, good God, uh, everybody will be running to their barber. Uh, it's amazing what he's done now. Five in his last six games, but. Florida State has a lot of options. They got, they got a deep bench. They got a lot of talent in the bullpen. Starting pitching is really good. I don't know. I think they're they're going to be a problem to match up against when we get into postseason. I'm curious to see what they do with the 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 regional tournaments because they announced that they're going to yeah. award the bids before they even decide who's going to be in the tournament. So I assume Florida State's going to put in a bid. They usually do, um, but it's a weird you deal. Get it too. Yeah, they usually would get a regional post. I mean, because of a regional and super regional, people are putting in for super regional bids too, and those are a lot harder to reach. I mean, you actually have to win your regional to get there. So it's uh, and there's a financial investment. You have to make a commitment based on how many tickets you're going to sell. And of course, if your team doesn't make it, then you may not be able to sell as many tickets as you thought. So there's a possibility of losing some money on it. Um, But you know your your point about not caring about the record, I get it, but they're their record is really not good. Uh, I mean, overall, 
and they've got to yeah. start. And they've got where where are they in the RPI right now? And I know that I'll pull up to I'll pull up after the North Carolina series. I haven't looked after the North Carolina series. I just know their record against top twenty five teams is, is exceptional. If you keep winning series, you'll be all right. Um, I mean, it's weird. Go ahead, keep talking. I'll pull up that RPI. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say it's just a weird scenario where Florida State is going to put in a bid for the tournament. I'm sure. Um, but there's not a guarantee right now that they would get in. I mean, they're, we all think they will. They're too talented. They're too good. But right now, overall, the record's not very good. They're, you know, just about just over 500 in the ACC. Um, and, uh, you know, and they've got some some challenging series left to play. So it's just it's just a weird season. And I think that they've been playing better, uh, but they got off such a bad start. Yeah, they're 23rd. They're 23rd okay. in the RPI. Yeah, they're cruising in the RPI. They'll, because their record against top 25 teams is going to help them a lot. And I think they'll keep winning. Um, I, I, just keep yeah, winning I just found them. You'll, you'll be all right. I just looked at Warren Nolan and they're 51. See, I um, thought they were higher so, too, yeah. But uh, so, but then Louisville, boy, boy. Louisville's a top 10 team and they're 55th and they're 18 and 8 and they're ranked 7th in the country. I mean, all these – and by the way, everybody's playing for second place. Unless those Vanderbilt pitchers get hurt, nobody's beating that team. That team is – it's like Baylor in basketball. Yeah. That team is – I know baseball's goofy, but they legitimately probably have the two top picks in the draft as their two starting pitchers on top of being loaded with other major league players everywhere else. They're incredible. Yeah, except, except that baseball's weird. And I remember Michigan yeah. beating Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt the year that – wasn't it David Price was there? Um, at yeah, Vanderbilt. and Mike Miner. Yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, what's his name? The, the third baseman yes. that the Pirates yeah. drafted. Yeah, uh, there's uh, Pedro Alvarez, um, who ended up doing nothing for the Pirates. He sucked, because uh, of course he did. Oh, uh, it's the Pirates. Uh, but, but he was better than Mark, uh, Mark Appel. We, we, no, we ended up getting out from under that. We got I know, I'm saying he had a better, he had a better career for the Pirates than Mark Appel did. Well, we didn't need Mark. Mark Appel had no career for anybody, period. Yeah. It was beautiful. He refused to go to Pittsburgh and then went back to play college baseball and then sucked and then did nothing. Yeah. Um, anyhow, Florida State, though, is what now? Uh, what's the overall record? 15, 15 and 9. 15 and 9. Okay, their strength in the conference. Their strength of schedule is 19th best in the country. Um, they, their wins against top 25 teams, as we said before, is exceptional. If you go to Boyd's World and do the projections as opposed to Warren Nolan, they're the 23rd ranked team. What You were asking about Louisville, I believe, uh, Corey. Did you bring up yeah. Louisville? Yeah. By the way, Florida State, according to Boyd's World, is, is, is higher ranked than Florida, many other teams that have, you know, are well thought of right now. Um, yeah, Louisville's further down because of that schedule, I think. But uh, anyhow, we, we'll get. I'll check back with this during a break. But but yeah, they, have, they have, but they have to go to Louisville. Then they have to go to Georgia Tech in a few weeks. Um, they you know they've got Link Jarrett and Notre Dame on the road. They got you know. So I mean, there, there's. I'm just saying it's not like a sure thing that this team's just going to cruise in as a number one seed in the postseason. Uh, so even if they host, yeah. they may have a really tough team uh, in their regional. All I do is look at that that pitching, and and I think uh, they picked up the baseball over the weekend too. You know, the last two wins over North Carolina, no errors. So if you're going to continue to put yourself on base, we know they walk a ton. From a pitching standpoint, they strike out a gazillion people. Now they strike out a lot as well, and that's college baseball in a nutshell. That's baseball period these days. But they get on base, they pitch well, and they can hit with power. I like the formula. I think it's a good postseason formula. Now, obviously, you got to you win as many games as you can to to ripen the. Uh, the seed, but I like them to, to do well. It's just uh, it's just be nice to be able to see them a little bit more consistently. That's all. 
Frustratingly so. My, uh, my, AirPod, just, just my AirPods just up on the AirPods. Working. Yeah, they just stopped working. I, I, I'm not giving up on them, though, Ira. I'm not giving up on them. These I things don't know. are going to be, they're, they're, they're changing the world. They're changing my life. I really not don't know. yet, but it's going to happen. I really, I'm trying to think of a scenario where someone has used, tried to use a technology and failed with it so many times and just, just like kept, Jeff kept trying, trying to watch Florida State baseball games. That's he correct. keeps trying. It's, uh, I will say this, Ira. It's the opposite of your theory, which means we should praise Corey because your theory is correct for most of us. 98% of the time at a certain age when technology doesn't work for us right away, we call it a day. That's yeah. it. I'm done. I can't do this thing. Not Corey. He fails miserably repeatedly yeah. over and over and over again. It's, too, it's, it's over his head. He can't figure it out. He stumbles his way through the day trying to work with technology. It betrays him around every turn. And yet there he is. He is, you know what? I, I, I get up and I dust myself off. <laughs> and I say, I'm going to do it again. Because that's what I'm trying to teach Brady. I, you know, I, I, yeah, I fail miserably with AirPods. It's unbelievable. I'm not even sure they've ever worked. But, <laughs> but here we are. Just put them in your ears. Just, they look cool. I'm, gonna, I'm charging them right now. I'm going to give them a little charge for that second hour. I'm going to pop them right back in my ears. And we're going to see if it works. You know, I, I went to uh, Best Buy, free plug for their asses. They had to, you know, support the podcast because I wanted to know now that we live in a world of podcasting and Skyping and all this other stuff. I, was there a better quality headset slash mic that I should have besides these AirPods? Because I, too, wear AirPods and I actually know how to work mine and they're fine. <laughs> right. But 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 the thing would be, I went in and I said, you know. I don't want to just be lazy. I got these AirPods a year and a half ago when they were when they were popular. Now there's a better version. Maybe I should get that. I don't know. Guy said, "Nope, stick with what you have. It's fantastic." Unless you have Bose. I said, "I do have Bose." He goes, "You got Bose and you're using AirPods?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Buddy, you've got an abundance of riches. Either one will work fine, but I would try those Bose out." I said, "Okay, well I've got them, so I'm putting those in an hour number two, Corey. I'm gonna have." multifunctional ways of listening and talking to you on this pod that you have not discovered yet. If the Bose works for you, can I swing by and get those AirPods from you? Sure, sure. They're the same AirPods you have. I, I don't know. These are defective. I think, <laughs> these are defective. I think Stephanie got them off a street corner or something. Somebody was telling our headliner <laughs> listeners. Earpods. Our, our headliner listeners were privy to that whole thing. Uh, Seminole Headlines, 979 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. All right, so are we geared up for uh, Are we geared up for the spring game? Everybody excited for the spring game? Everybody pumped up? What do you expect to see in the spring game? What's your expectation? I feel like we should set expectations because – that's the way nobody gets disappointed if those expectations aren't met. My, know, bar, my, bar is, my bar is low. First off, I want to know, and I know Ira asked you about it yesterday, but what are your duties? And I, I'm going to say duty anytime I can, but what are your actual duties for the spring game since you're one of the celebrity, I use that term loosely, c- coaches, guest, guest coaches, honor coaches? What, what, what do you get to do? I probably get to defer to Gene Deckeroff. But I don't know beyond that. I get to call plays, Corey, at some point. Uh, Mike Norvell called me. We had a nice long chat. He asked how my family was doing. I told him. I asked how his family was doing. He told me. We talked a little bit about the team. Uh, and then he asked me to call some plays along with Gene Deckeroff. And he said I'd be doing that uh, along with uh, Andy Staples and Andrea Adelson. 
um, and and that they they just wanted to, to kind of spruce it up and have some fun with it. I said I'd be happy to do it. And you get to be uh, on the sideline? Are you in the locker yeah. room? Like, how does it work? Well, I do get to be on the sidelines, yes. Uh, and I get an opportunity to call. Now, the play sheet is limited, I'm told. I won't get I don't get the whole kit and caboodle, which is really something that hampers me because somebody who has the breadth of knowledge that I do, I right. would win this thing easily with the whole playbook. But it gets, you know, obviously it gets whittled down to just these 15, 20 plays. Any Tom, Dick, or Harry can randomly point at 10 plays and maybe have some success. So in some ways it evens the playing field with Adelson and Staples. They get lucky. <laughs> sure. Um, but but I, I I do get to call plays. I was told to come down late, so I think it's a very late in-game thing after they've accomplished whatever it is they want to accomplish. Sure. Um, and I was also told that when I when I call plays off the play sheet, I'm going to have at my disposal, and this is pretty cool, the, the the grad assistant or whatever that does all the signaling for the plays. That's can we be? Can, can Corey and I be your towel guys? If you want, I don't like people stealing my play calls, so I'm going to need that. If you want to do that, sure. The other I thing, don't know if I'm tall enough. <laughs> I got a couple couple other things. One, I think you need to show up with your Andy Reid like Waffle House menu play okay. sheet, laminated, <laughs> yeah, color coded, okay. the yellow. And the, I, that's and then the other thing is, I just I don't want to put too much pressure on you. And I know, like all great competitors, Jeff, there's no mm. pressure that we can put on you that's greater than the pressure that internally that burns inside. That's but true. if you but if you lose to Andy Staples and Andrea Adelson, yeah, I mean. <laughs> The wrath you're going to feel from these two guys is going to be unlike anything you've ever experienced. Hey, listen, guys, I'm not the only one calling plays here. I, hey, hey, just you saying. Be, like you, you, somebody's got to be the top dog. Somebody, it stops with someone. The buck yeah, stops yeah, with I supposed to t- Am I supposed to tell a Hall of Fame broadcaster who's been doing games for 58 years? I made that up. Should I, should I, should the I way- say, Gina, I got this? On the way here, on the way down from the press box, when you and Gene are on the elevator, you say, "Hey, Gene, oh shoot, I forgot my sports coat up. Could you go up and get it?" And then, <laughs> and, then, and, then yeah. and then, I'm sure Deckerhoff's like, "Oh yeah, sure, man, That's exactly, yeah, Jeff, I'll do that." And then send him up, and then when he comes back in the press box, Corey and I will like, we'll 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 stop him and talk to him and stall yeah. him. Guys, I gotta go. I gotta go. And you're like, no, no, one more question, Gene. Tell us the story again about the AC tournament in 1990. And then yeah, we end up yeah. jumping on him. We end up really <laughs> corralling him. And he, we control him where he can't move. We're not assaulting him, but he's not getting back on that elevator. We're not letting him get back on that field. So it's you against Andy and Andy. That's what we're calling the other two. And okay. you better f- win this. That's all I'm saying. Oh, good. you're killing me. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to try to win. I don't know how much leeway they're going to give me. I don't know who my guys are. Ira, what if I have to go to battle with the fourth string quarterback? I don't what care, do do? Jeff. We're getting it done. With this, okay. you're not gonna, you're not gonna embarrass me and Corey. Is what yeah, we're this doing. is a headlines thing. This is a headlines thing. I'll tell you this much. Uh, I get a chance. Now this is now this is something. This is something yeah. not everybody knows, and I don't even know if I'm supposed to t- tell everybody about it. But I'm going to. I'm going over to Coach Norbell's house for dinner. That's true. I'm not making that up. I'm not joking. It's hard and to tell with you team, sometimes. I know. Well, but the team is going to be there, and I get to address my troops. And I'm very excited about this, an opportunity to talk to the team about what this means. Can you just play, ex- like, one of your clips from, like, last week when you said how bad they were? Like, guys, <laughs> if you're thinking this team's going to be any good. Because you want to talk about a motivator. Yeah. Well, 
you know, I'm sure I'm going to have to answer to that at this dinner. I'm not <laughs> sure. It could be interesting. It could be interesting. But I'll tell him, hey, listen, I work in strange ways. You'll learn this about me. Tough love, Cameron. He's going to get the most out of you. The thing is, I believe in playing a very physical style of football, a very right. rugged style of football. And so I want this team to know early and often, we're running the ball right up your ass. Yeah. So I need these guys to buck up and be ready to run downhill. I'm employing the fullback, double tights, and we're coming downhill. So I don't want to give anything else away, but that's the style of football you're going to see out there on Saturday night. And you're taking the green jersey off Travis. And you're like, right. son, now you're, I, you got to run. This is how we move the ball. You're going to have to take some hits. So when I coached uh, the the <laughs> Timberlane Raiders in the late 90s, guys, I had a kid, a quarterback that was not unlike Jordan Travis, and uh, he ran the ball in every play. Uh, you know, I, I had a diversity of offense, and at the end of uh, every play I'd go, nah, let's just give it to him. And I would let him run around and make plays. So if Jordan Travis is my quarterback, that may happen again. That may happen again. My it last... would be cool if you just started running triple option. <laughs> I would like, like guys, it. We're doing triple option. The belly dive, fullback belly dive. Yep. yep. My last suggestion is you should you should bring some biscuits to uh, to Norvell, like uh, in Ted Lasso. Like you yep. can make up some little treats to bring to him to kind of uh, build that relationship with Coach Norvell. And, and then also bring some of those – Bring some of those witticisms. Bring some, bring some, you know, when you have that pep talk, don't just do the, you know, Al Pacino longest yard. Don't do that. No, 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 no. I mean, something different. Bring a different, unique approach. Because Al Pacino it, wasn't in the longest yard. No, he's thinking of any given Sunday. Not longest yard. Oh. Uh, <laughs> any given Sunday. Yeah. That's yeah, right. I, I just let it pass. Court, court, just let it pass, buddy. I knew where he was going. The other, football, the, the other football movie I saw. Right. Uh, but, you know, something on the guard, because this could be an audition for you, Jeff. Norvell might bring you on the staff if he's impressed by your speech. So, so, so. I don't want to coach football. My best days are behind me. Uh, I'll be 50 in June, Ira. You know what it's like to be in your 50s right. um, and, and how it wears on you. Been there for four so months. It wears on you. I mean, you're almost 51. I just, Not close. For, for, for me, for me, I'm ready to slow things down in my hectic life right now. This is, I've kind of been pulled out of retirement. Uh, I'm better at sitting from afar these days and analyzing the mistakes coaches make and telling my audience about them on a regular basis than I am being in the fire. I respect that, but I've been there and done that. I don't know. This is a favor to Coach Norvell, Florida State University. I'm willing to do it, especially to be paired alongside Gene Deckerhoff, the great one. Gene's um, not Gene's not going to make it to the field. So yeah, he's not going to be down there. You have our word on that. Be, and, and it's got it's got to be great for these uh, the Florida State players to get to interact with you. Somebody they've long admired, I'm sure. But you might be the reason they're here in the first place. And now they actually get to share a, a you know a field with you. I guess maybe they'll be at dinner. You get to address them. This is something that this is one of the recruiting pitches that they're going to start using. Some of the uh, young men, they've had a chance to, to talk with me when we did media days before it was canceled last year. Some of these guys were on that team a couple years back. We spent right. a lot of quality minutes together. I mean, me and Cam McDonald, good buddies at this point. But I, I just sure. – I feel like – I feel like uh, – baby on. Uh, I, you know, these guys know. They probably had a chance to say, hey, listen, straighten up. Cameron's coming to this dinner tonight. Yeah. Now let's, let's, let's get a grip. 
And could you dismiss anybody from the team during your time? Because <laughs> I got some, well, I got some suggestions. I was about to say, are we taking suggestions? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> asking. If, if 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 somebody looks at you side eyed, could you just send them off the field? Well, you got to send a message, Ira. So, like you know, when uh, Jimbo picked Ramsey out of practice, right? Just right, crushing right. Carlos Williams. You could have one of those moments. You're off the team. You're off the team. Well, Get him out of here. I'm not going to, I don't want to be so presumptuous as to overstep the bounds of Mike Norvell's authority, but I will certainly suggest strongly I'll keep a notepad. I'll put, keep, I'll put people on a list and uh, I'll walk over to Norvell very quietly. That's how I am. Uh, I work behind the scenes and I'll say, You got a problem with 74. You got a problem with yeah. 74. You need to talk to him or I will. What are you going to that kind of thing. I d- that I don't know. Actually, I may care more about that than anything we've just discussed. <laughs> I, do you still I, have East Tennessee State jersey? I still have it. I, it would be weird to break that out. <laughs> um, I don't think it would be appropriate. I, I think maybe a suit and tie. Tom Landry is what I'm thinking. Tom Landry. A, you already got that hat. You already got that With weird the, golf hat. Wear uh, that also, the, the fedora. The fedora, Ira. The yeah. big fedora. You really should oh. do that. That would be really funny. For the headline listeners, dress up. Like, literally, like, dress up in a suit and tie. It's going to be nice enough. It's going to be, like, in the high 70s with a fedora. That would be really funny. <laughs> that would be, that'd be the highlight of the, the, the spring game. It's a, short, it's a short time between this time and that time that we kick this thing off. I, if I could wrangle up the proper late 70s Tom Lantz suit <laughs> of the fedora, I, I would give it a go. It would be fantastic. You guys aren't then- wrong about that. And then just stand there with your arms folded the whole time, stoic. Oh, yeah. Well, remember, he had a clipboard, too. He would sometimes hold yeah. a clipboard. So I'll just stand there with my clipboard. And then Gene will be like, what are we calling? <laughs> I'll just look at him. Like, yeah. Gene, just delay a game after delay a game after delay a game yeah. because you won't call a play. Yeah. No, I'll just stand there and depart wisdom and uh, create a sense of peace because I am so low-key in my efforts here. I won't be screaming up and down. Good. Running and jumping all around, but uh, I don't know. So I'm going to find out more later in the week. It certainly sounds like I get an opportunity to go down there late in the game and call some plays with Gene. It'll be fun, um, and I and you know I think uh, I, I think I can maybe get to know the guys a little bit better, as you said, Court. And if if those if the bozos on the other sideline figure out a way to 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 get the best of you the first time, demand to run it back. Yeah, like <laughs> those I'm not leaving here. Pawn. They're your chess pieces. You get to keep. Playing as long as like you pick care. up basketball, Ira, and we lost yes. just we take shots, but we know we're the better team. Run it back, run it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'll do that. Seminole Headlines, the radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Wrapping up the hour, and as we do, can we, can we answer the serious question that I asked, which is what are you expecting in the spring game beyond oh. like calling brilliance late? That part. Yeah. Remember when you dressed up as the conductor at the yeah, when, Sweet Sixteen? Yeah. So you've done it before. You've dressed yeah, up. Oh, I've played the role of clown before, sure. Yes, <laughs> I've done that. Yeah. yeah, man, you could do it. Um, man, look, I think everybody's looking at I mean, it's the quarterback is obviously the, the obvious answer. I don't know. I was talking to Aslan about this. There's nothing that could really be done on Saturday that would sew up anything, right? Unless Mackenzie Milton goes 14 of 14 and looks incredible. But even then, that doesn't sew up anything. It just shifts the narrative where people are like, yeah, man, he's going to be the starting quarterback. But I don't think anything's anything's not decided, right? No, but nothing will be decided until right. late August, right? Yeah, I, I think, think. Yeah, no, I, no, no, not at all. Um, 
you know, as far as, you know, things to see, I mean, I, I really don't think, you know, we talked, we talked back before the spring and Corey and I had our difference of opinion where Corey wanted to see more defense and uh, I'd like to see some, some offense. I mean, I think you just want to see plays made back and forth. You know, that's to me, it's not really about, who, you know, which I don't even know if you're going to know which quarterback. I mean, I guess people, there's a better chance if I had to pick, there's a better chance that Jordan Travis is going to look better than Mackenzie Milton. He's been in the system for over a year. Uh, you know, Mackenzie hadn't played for two years. So from what we've seen so far, Jordan seems a little bit more comfortable. We've seen uh, improvement from Mackenzie uh, over the last few weeks, and maybe he'll show more in the spring game. I, I think it's unlikely you're going to walk away from the spring game thinking, oh, yeah, Mackenzie Milton's definitely the guy. But if you see – individual plays made. If you see some wide receivers make some impressive plays, if you see some DBs make some impressive plays, Jermaine Johnson coming off the edge, Amari Gaynor making some wild plays, I think that's really all you want to see. I just You just want to see some some signs of special talent. Um, yeah. Some you know, NFL and, talent. You want to yeah. see dudes that look like NFL players. Whether their segment plays great or not, you do want to start wanting to know, okay, who are the dudes on this team? Who are they? Well, right? they'll be easily identifiable because there's about four. So you'll find those guys. When you go quickly. to the dinner, man, you can't say stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. All right, get that out. Get it out now and just be, don't say stuff like that. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, tough love camera can work in some settings, man. But sometimes you got to build these guys up, especially yeah, before a big, big spring game. Um, yeah. Well, I think you just named all the guys that will pop. I mean, Jermaine Johnson has impressed from the second he stepped foot on campus. Uh, in the practices I've seen, the scrimmage I saw, he's a good player. Uh, I really love uh, – listen, I, Amari Gaynor, I thought, looked the part a year ago. He's kind of out of position. That defense didn't have a clue. There were a lot of problems. But I've, I've been waiting on this from Amari Gaynor. I, I think he is poised to have a great season. I'm really pumped for him. Uh, he's a good kid. He's worked hard. And again, he physically looks the part. Um, but yeah, I, I think that secondary, by the way, all cynicism aside, I actually think their secondary could be really good. I think they've got some dudes. They haven't all played this spring, but I think they've got some guys there. You'll get their body touch. You'll get the athleticism there. Um, th th there is reason to be excited physically about some of the players there. And then if, the, if you, if the starters stay healthy up front, they got a chance. They're really thin, but that, that starting group, on the defensive line, it's pretty good. You get beyond that group, it, it gets a little shaky. That's the other thing. Let's just be really honest. This is every team everywhere. But I think it's especially true when you're thin like this team is. you got to get through this spring game where people are healthy. I mean, just get through this spring game. We can't have any setbacks because Florida State's just not deep enough. A lot of these other teams that they're seeking to compete with down the line have room to lose a couple guys. I don't think Florida State does. See, it sounds like you guys are wanting to see a lot from the defense. What you're looking forward to is seeing some stuff from the defense. And I've kind of pivoted a little bit because I thought wrongly, as it turned out, that Milton would just be lighting up practices or, or better than he is. And I do think for his confidence, for the confidence of the fan base, if that matters at all, for these wide receivers that desperately need confidence, um, they do need to make some plays on offense. And it would be a good sign. And I think I'm almost to the point where that might be more important than what I see from the defense. Because I do trust that the defense will be improved. Not top 40, not top 20. Let's not get crazy. But um, th these receivers have, uh, you know, for the, they've gotten better, but they're still not anything special yet. They haven't done – who's the guy, right? Who's the, who's the freshman that's the best guy coming on? We don't know. Maybe one of those guys makes a I play think, or two big Yeah, I mean, I think, 
I think down the road, I mean, from what we've seen, I think Malik McLean looks like a yeah. guy that could be that kind of special guy. The question is, how soon does that happen? Um, and when you say there's not special guys, we've gotten some, you know, I know, Jeff, when, you, when you've said that you don't see a ton of talent out there, and we've said similar things, and we've had some blowback from it. I think the, the way I've tried to explain it to I was talking to somebody the other day, you know, there's a lot of players on this team that are nice college football players, but they're not any much different from the guys you see at NC State or the guys at Carolina or the guys at yeah, Virginia yeah. or Boston College. You, Florida State should have some guys that look different. Dudes, and, they have to have some dudes. And Malik McClain might be one of those guys. I mean, based on just, you know, he's only been here a couple months and he looks impressive. The other freshman, Josh Burrell, is, is pretty impressive. Uh, Kentron, Kentron Portier uh, is a guy that looks like, because of his size and his ability to run routes, I mean, he could be a guy if he becomes more yeah, consistent. Yeah, catch the ball, but yes. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, there's something there's something there that's, okay, that guy could be a matchup problem if he, you know, takes that next step and becomes more consistent. And that's what you're looking for because, yeah. I mean, I do think this coaching staff is going to do a good job of scheme. I think they're going to get much better quarterback play. I think they're going to, whoever it is, Travis, Milton, or both, I think they're going to get much better quarterback play than we've seen here in several years, going back to Jameis, honestly. Um, so I think that's going to be and, – and they're scheme-wise, they're going to help them out. But it's something you have to – the difference between scoring 24 points and scoring 38 points a lot of times is having a couple guys that can make some real plays, and they, you know, they just don't have a ton of those guys right now. They might have them, but they haven't proven it yet, right? right? That's the thing. They're all freshmen. Like, literally 75% of the receiving core is freshmen. So they might be there. They just haven't proven it yet. And this would be a good opportunity on Saturday to show that you you can do some things. And it would be great for Milton. It'd be nice for Milton. Jordan, too. But you want your quarterbacks to look good. You don't want an interception fest, probably. Hey, hey so I, I want to do this. I want to circle back. Ira, you, you brought it up just a moment ago. And I think it's probably important for me to say this again. And I forget sometimes. I make certain arrogant assumptions that everybody listens to me and has for 20 years. Um, I, I'm comparing Florida State's lack of talent to many of the teams that came before this one. And this is an, a situation that is unlike any other where Florida State has hit rock bottom truly and had to start from scratch from way down on the totem pole in a way that we really haven't seen him. Even at the end of Bowden's years, the last decade, when he should have moved on before he did, they were 7-6 and six and there were some good football players out there, some guys that looked like pros. Florida State's at a different place right now, so it's nobody's fault. It, we, I mean, we've gone over the many reasons they've arrived where they have. But relative to even some of these teams, like even the 15 or 2016 team, like, this team is lacking talent in comparison to some 40 years worth of referencing Florida State football. And so I, I'm not trying to disparage any one kid that I see out there. I'm not trying to say that this group of kids don't deserve to be playing college football. I'm not saying anything like that. It's just that I hold Florida State in really high regard. And Florida State has been one of the three or four preeminent football programs in America for, you know, more than three decades. And when you don't see anything that resembles that, it's tough. And, and you have to be honest about that. But again, they're trying to, uh, to use their vernacular climb. They're trying to get back to that place. They're just, you can't do it in one year. There's nobody you can look at on that roster right now, in my opinion, other than Jermaine Johnson, who's a transfer, and say he is yes. a surefire NFL draft pick. That's where Florida State is right now. I don't know that you could – we think – I mean, there's going to be guys that get drafted off this team, obviously. But we can't say for sure it's that guy, that guy, or that guy. Last year we could. Uh, maybe next year we'll, we'll – but right now in the spring of I mean, 2021, 
Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some there's guys emerging. Amari Gaynor, there's some yeah, other guys emerging. But again, Amari Gaynor's not surefire. He might end up being a first-round pick for all we know. But right now in the March, what that, I'm just trying to give the context of how we right. talk about this team, especially because, you know, Ira, you've been covering them for 20 years. Me and Jeff and I have been watching them for 40. It's just it's not really ever been in a place like this where you can look at a roster of 85 dudes and say, yeah, there's probably two dudes that will definitely get drafted, Keir Thomas and Jermaine Johnson. Neither one have played it down at Florida State yet. That's that's just an odd place to be for a Florida State football program. That's all. But they might end up being, for all we know, all these freshman receivers will get drafted. They're going to be the greatest show on turf. <laughs> no, and the the other thing, you know, just to kind of put in context what Jeff just said, the difference, the challenge Mike Norvell has in this staff is where it's different from Jimbo Fisher is Jimbo went directly from Bowden, and Jimbo was on the staff for three years before he took over as head coach, and there was no there was no Willie Taggart in between. And that's what's been kind of the one-two punch is not only was th- were things falling apart at the end of Jimbo's tenure, but then you had Willie come in for two years, and even the players he brought in who maybe could have played at a high level uh, either have left or you know kind of g- got off their track. You know they went through coaching changes as well, and now Mike Norvell's starting over, and it's not just kind of taking over for one coach; it's following that second transition, which makes it more difficult. The, the further you get away from success, the more difficult it becomes. Would you say that and the, I might be missing somebody, but Asante Samuel will be the only Willie Taggart recruit that gets drafted? Asante uh, Samuel, was he a I Willie think he was a Willie recruit, right? He, I think he, well, he, he may have signed with Willie, but he know, committed Jimbo to Jimbo, but he, he yeah. signed with Willie, and that's where we're at, man. He had two full recruiting classes where he didn't sign a quarterback at all, and then he uh, he had one NFL player. That's that, that can't get it done at Florida State. It'd be like North Carolina. Basketball, not having any NBA players for a three-year stretch. So that's what Norvell is dealing with. And again, these guys might be great. We don't know yet. They're just all young and unproven. Headliner questions forthcoming. Stay with everybody. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. 